Girl Camper is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. To learn more about what Progressive can do for you, call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or go to progressive.com backslash RV. Hello, my name is Janine Pettit and I'm a girl camper. I go places and I do things in my little 1966 Go Tag Along vintage travel trailer. Along the way, I meet many interesting people traveling the back roads, and I want to share their stories with you. We will talk about the qualities of what makes a girl camper and how you can become a girl camper too. The girl campers are having a party, and you're invited. Stay tuned while I share what's happening on the back roads of America the Beautiful. Welcome. I'm Janine Pettit, Girl Camping Ambassador, Blogger, Adventurist, and Podcaster. And this is Episode 32 of Girl Camper, the Podcast. I'm very excited today to introduce to you my new girl camping friend, Lynn Butler. Lynn is a wife, mother, grandma, girl camper, and RV dealership owner. Only a small percent of of RV dealerships are owned by women, and Lynn's story is so interesting. She wears many hats, and RV entrepreneur is one of her favorites. Stay tuned to hear how Lynn became the owner of Setzer's Camping World in Huntington, West Virginia, and how she is getting on board to help women become girl campers too. Hint, hint, Camper College, Huntington, West Virginia. Coming soon, we'll be right back. Progressive insurance. Your RV is very different from your car, which is exactly why you need to get specialized RV insurance coverage instead of insuring under your auto policy. With specialized coverages, you're even more protected on the road. Call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or visit progressive.com backslash RV today for more information. That's exactly what I did when I decided I needed to insure my new trailer with a separate policy. So tomorrow at 10 a.m., I'm meeting with my progressive agent, and I'm going to get a separate policy on my new trailer that I'm going to pick up in Indiana this week. So I'm going to report next week on what kind of options I had and what I chose. Right now, though, we've got our news roundup. Well, the big news is that I am back from Go Girl Go. We did not let the lousy weather stop us. And I have to say that it was very humbling to meet the podcast listeners and to hear from them firsthand how the show and all the wonderful guests that we have been blessed to have over the last 32 episodes have helped them achieve their dream of becoming girl campers. 
It was so fun to have faces for the names because so often someone will write me a letter after a show and say, I didn't think I could do this, but I really keep thinking about what you said about putting your pants on one leg at a time and towing being a skill set. And I just kept thinking, I can do this. I can do this. And seeing the faces that go with the names of all those people who write to me, it was just wonderful. And I have to say, we did not let the lousy weather stop us. Everybody got down to the falls at one point or another. And I cannot say enough good things about the staff at Blackwater Falls. The superintendent of that park, Matt, who was Matt Baker, who was on our show, bent over backwards to make sure everybody was having a good time and got what they needed. Even some of the girls reported that while they were setting up their trailers, the lawn crew that was mowing the lawns stopped to help them <laughs> level and get stakes in the ground and, and just the staff there from the lodge reception desk to the uh, office staff who helped us with all our little things that we needed to the restaurant people. Everybody was absolutely wonderful. And we've already planned another trip because we stayed, uh, Carol and myself, BFF Carol, which was a running joke during the thing. Every time I introduced Carol to someone, they said, you're Carol, BFF. <laughs> so Carol, BFF, and I stayed in a cabin because my mom was supposed to come with me. And at the last minute, my mom was unable to go because she she wasn't feeling 100%. And she was really pushing the envelope. And she's going to be here in two weeks for my daughter's high school graduation. So I said, Mom, you know what? It's just sometimes it's just too much. Sometimes you just got to know when to say when. So I'm going to see my mom in two weeks. But we had this lovely cabin that was on site. There are 15 of these cabins at Blackwater Falls State Park. And they have rustic cabins, which have electric and running water, I believe, and a wood-burning fireplace. And then they have these newer cabins that were built about 10 years ago. Each one of those cabins has four bedrooms that sleep two each, two queen beds. Each of the rooms with the queen beds had rollaway beds in them, so they could have slept two to three. And then they had two guest bedrooms with twin beds in them, two full bathrooms, a laundry room, a living room, a dining room, a deck, a fire pit, a full kitchen with every dish. I mean, I think it had service for 12, 12 dishes, 12 plates, 12 cups and saucers. Because of the bad weather, we had um, the coffee station, which was sponsored by Go Little Guy. Thank you, Go Little Guy, for keeping us in coffee on those chilly mornings. We had the coffee station in the cabin every morning, and we had, you know, 25 women every morning in this cabin with plenty of room. Well, we sat around thinking, wouldn't it be fun to come here in February because Blackwater Falls has a sledding run. So it's a long slope of a hill that, you, uh, that you're taken up by a chairlift and come down on inner tubes and it looks like so much fun. I saw it in March when there was still snow on it. So there's ice skating at Canaan Valley, there's snowshoeing, there's cross-country skiing. So 
here we were in the middle of our trip and we didn't want it to end so we all began planning a February trip to go back to Blackwater Falls so I think it's going to be a destination for us it was so much fun and I just want to thank all the women who drove so far we had sisters on the fly who came from Indiana we had Mary Lina's mother Margarita who flew in from Puerto Rico for her first ever camping trip and she had so much fun and we had women come from down south, from Florida, from Maryland. Sisters came from New York. We, I think we drew from 14 different states for this trip. And the Ohio sisters who came, we had four women who towed to this event their first time ever as a solo woman traveler towing all by themselves. Shout out to Gina and Dawn and Deborah and Anne for your first time ever by yourself towing. You girls did a great job and it's not going to be long before you're encouraging other people. So the trip was a huge success. The weather was in and out, but we did not let that stop us. We actually woke up to two inches of snow on Sunday morning on May 15th. It was snowing, but we had breakout weather in which the sun came out. Everybody got to hike down to the falls. They shopped, they came, they went. So there we were. Go, girl, go is in our memory books now, but we left with 45 new friends. And I'm always amazed when we get to trips and we think that we don't know anybody. But because of our online community, and I always talk about the importance of the online community, if you're still waiting for a way to get in, take part in the online community. I was afraid that when we got there, the women would not be comfortable with each other. And there are two kinds of girl camping trips. One of it's just laid back camping. You know, who wants to camp next Friday night? Saturday, we're going to go up to this state park or that campground. And everybody brings their own food, shares. We, you know, we pick a community spot where we have our campfire at night. Everybody pays their own way. And then there's these themed parties. Go, girl, go. Everybody pays a fee. There's catered food. It's so much fun. And that's what this trip was. So on Friday night, we had a DJ come, <laughs> and usually we do that on Saturday night, the last night that we're leaving, because, but May, you can't get a DJ in May. It's wedding season, graduation season, so we found a DJ for Friday night, and I thought, this is never going to fly, because... Some of these girls aren't even arriving until Friday. And it's going to be this guy spinning tunes up there and nobody's going to know each other and everyone's going to feel awkward. <laughs> that is not what happened at all. We had so much fun dancing the night away. There was karaoke. There was line dancing. There was game playing. <laughs> the guy was playing to the last minute. And everybody had so much fun. And I, I, I just wish I could do it again. I didn't want to come home. So... Thank you, everyone who came out to Go Girl Go. It was wonderful meeting all of you, seeing how the podcast has helped you achieve your girl camper dreams. And the icing on the cake for our girl camping weekend, though, was our camper college with Chris Baum, who is the chief operating officer of Go Little Guy Worldwide. So Chris took the tough assignment at Go Little Guy of coming out to camper, give a camper college to 45 girl campers so poor Chris had to go out and spend the weekend with us 
Anyway, he didn't get there till late Friday, and on Saturday morning, we all met in front of the cabin that Carol and I, Carol BFF and I, were staying at because it had a beautiful covered uh, porch, and we thought if it starts raining, we'll have some shelter. So Chris gave a great talk on the little guy company and the kind of trailers they make, and all the girls had an opportunity to get in the trailer that he brought and answered all the questions about it. And we never really got around to the camper college, how the hitch and everything works because it started to pour rain. So we drove Chris inside and here he was in this cabin with 40 women, tough job there. And it was an impromptu two hour Q and A session. And I gotta tell you something, there's something that needs to be said now on a serious note. And that is the girl campers are an RV demographic. And there is an RV manufacturer out there now who knows that. This group of women is growing and they're not going away. And guess what? They want trailers that fit their needs. They want dealerships that get it. And they got money to spend on the RV lifestyle and they wanna be heard. And I think Chris heard what they were saying there. He heard what they want in a trailer. He heard what they need to learn in terms of safety and have confidence from the dealerships that carry those trailers. So I'm really curious to see what's going to happen in the girl camping world at Go Little Guy. Chris told us he's making a commitment as a company to meet the needs of the girl campers out there. So I'm just very excited to see what's going to happen. You know, these are women who... Even though they don't want their grandma's trailer, they want their grandma's trailer. These women are collectors. They're seamstresses. They're DIYers. They like to create. And we talked to him about what it means to camp like a girl. It means they want comfort, but they also want hot water on demand and air conditioning and a potty. So I'm really curious to see what kind of trailer designs they came up with. Chris was actually texting things back to the office as he was talking because there was a lot of slipcover talk going on. So anyway, I'm very excited to be working with uh, Go Little Guy. And I can tell you right now, it's like a week premature, but it's not a secret anymore. Go Little Guy is a new sponsor of the Girl Camper Podcast. So starting in June, you're going to be hearing the ads for Go Little Guy Worldwide. And I'm so excited about this because this company is building things that we want to use. So that was very exciting. Thank you, Chris. It was great of you to come out. And on that note, I want to tell you that I am going to be at Hadesty Airstream in Columbus, Ohio, next Saturday. So Saturday the 21st, I'm going to be on my way home from Indiana, and I'm going to be stopping in Haydesey on Saturday. I'll be there from like 10 to 2 or 10 to 4. Just going to be hanging out, hanging out, hanging out with my friends, Mike and Eric, my, my industry insiders. So if you are in the Columbus area and you just want to come by and chat with the girl campers and uh, see what they have going on at Haydesey and we can take a look at the tabs together, come on out to Haydesey. I'll be there most of the day on Saturday and it's just going to be great to see Mike and the gang over there because it's just one of my favorite uh, dealerships. So in addition to all of that girl camper stuff going on, I want to take a minute in the news roundup to thank Stephanie and Jeremy for their beautiful book. 
Stephanie was at the event with us and it was great having my producer there because she always sees things that I don't see. <laughs> you know? and she, she just has a way of zoning in on important things. And Stephanie came and she added so much to the group. And Stephanie brought her book and everybody was so excited to meet her. And she the book just came out on Tuesday and she had a box of them. And everybody was snapping up their autographed copies. And in the acknowledgments of the book, I was very touched that Stephanie and Jeremy gave me a complimentary copy with a note and it said, don't forget to look at the acknowledgments. And in the acknowledgments, they said they would like to thank Janine Pettit, their fairy godmother, <laughs> which I just loved. That was so sweet. I've never been acknowledged in anybody's book before, so that was a first. And I want to always thank Stephanie and Jeremy for all they do to encourage me. And, and I'm so happy to be part of the RV FTA podcast network. So Stephanie and Jeremy came, or uh, Stephanie came and she brought the book and everybody was snapping it up and it's wonderful. And I promised last week that we would have an autographed copy to give away. And I want to say that the winner of that was Lori G949. I'm not going to read the rest of your email address out loud, but Lori G949, I'm going to send you an email and get your address and Stephanie's going to mail that book to you. So thank you so much. So the last thing I want to tell you in the news roundup is that when we were at Go Girl Go, I had put out, because we always say this thing, we want to have fun with a purpose. So we were all gathered and there's so much gratitude that's just happening. We're so happy to be together and there's so much giving in so many ways. Girls helping other girls fix their trailers, get their awning up, stabilize. It's just give, give, give. This group is so... Um, there's so much generosity going on. And I thought, well, while we're all there, we all collect. We're shop. Everybody's shopping. They're buying things. And then you get it home and it doesn't quite make the cut in your trailer. Or somebody gives you something for Christmas and you never really found a place for it in your home, but it's perfectly good and nice. So I suggested that everybody just bring things that they're not going to use anymore. Maybe something that you would have put in Goodwill or given to someone. And we just created a big long table in our gathering space. And we didn't really price things. We just thought, you know what? Let's put all this on the table. People can pick something up and say, you know what? This is what this is worth or this is what I could afford. And so we just had a very fancy brown paper bag rolled over and said, throw your money in there. Pick up whatever you want off this table and make a donation to the Whole Jew Foundation. So everybody brought their stuff. Everybody swapped. Everybody made donations. And we raised $427 for the Whole Jew Foundation. So my sister is the director of the Whole Jew Foundation. My real-life little sister, Natalie, the baby of my family, is a not-for-profit foundation director at Whole Jew. And what Whole Jew does is they give money to parents whose children are in extended hospital stays. So an incident that she just told me about was a family whose... Uh, 18-month-old baby is very, very ill. They were, the mother left her job in order to care for the baby. They ended up losing their house, and now they're in sort of a really dire situation in which they're in a um, a, a hotel. Basically, they're living in a, um, 
low rental hotel as a home so the mother can be back and forth in the hospital. And my sister's foundation just gave them money to stay at that hotel for another two weeks. So they pick up the slack for you, the Hold You Foundation. So when you have to leave your job on the Parental Leave Act, if you have a job that has parental leave, I mean, if you're a cleaning lady somewhere or you're working, you know, at a fast food restaurant or something, it doesn't really matter that there's the Parental Leave Act because when you have to leave your job, you're not getting anything. So if you're in a job in which you have that, you get 66% pay. And so the Hold You Foundation, they pay electric bills. They help you pay for your kids' school uniforms. They give you transportation, and they give you parking at the hospital and a stipend for food. There's just so many expenses involved when you have a child who's critically ill. So anyway, it was so great. The sisters all swapped. We had fun. We raised $427. That check is on its way to Hold You and Hold You, which is my sister, already told me this morning how grateful she is to the girl campers and wanted me to thank them. So I do thank you, girl campers, for donating to that. I'm going to be back in a minute, and we're going to go straight to our interview because we're not doing a campfire chat because there was just so much news to report. But I do want to share with you what's happening with Progressive Insurance. There are some events coming up. So if you are planning any RV travels to Iowa in May and you love country music and who doesn't, head over to Treetown Music Festival in Forest City, Iowa. Now this event is taking place May 26th through May 29th. The Progressive RV truck will be there. They'll be on site and it's so much fun. I went to them at the Hershey RV show and they have such fun things to do. We had our cardboard flow at the event. We were all taking her pictures. Flow was camping like a girl with us. So the RV, the Progressive RV um, gathering booth is going to be there and you can go, you can get your picture taken, you can get t-shirts, you can play pitch and pot, you can have your picture taken with flow. And that's all going on at the Progressive Campground. And what could be better than to hear country music and camp under the stars? For more information, visit treetownfestival.com. So that's happening in Forest City, Iowa, May 26th through May 29th. Something to do if you're out on the road. We'll be back in a minute with our interview with Lynn. I am here with Lynn Butler, who is the owner, general manager of Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia, but I know her as Lynn Butler, girl camper. <laughs> Welcome, Lynn. Thank you, and I'm so glad to get started with this girl camper a few years ago. <laughs> who is it, right? Do you know anyone who becomes a girl camper and doesn't enjoy it? And how much we enjoy each other. That's what that's one of yeah. the amazing parts of it, really. So we're here on our Blackwater Falls trip, but you and I already met down in Nashville at the Country Living Fair, where I came upon you and I saw that you have the same trailer as me. I do, and I love mine. You're just getting started with yours, but yeah. I do love it. You have the white water uh, Riverside Retro 176 slide, which is the one I ordered. 
I'm going to pick it up next week. And But I had not seen that trailer since I saw it at an RV show. So when I saw you in Nashville and got to go inside of it and walk around, I was completely confirmed that uh, that was the trailer for me. I love all the space in it, and I'm so excited to get it. But So you and I have similar trailer tape. Apparently trailer taste too <laughs> so but lynn well i was so excited when i was talking to you because i found out you're you're in a group of women a very small percentage of women you are the owner of an rv dealership i am i am the owner of an rv dealership that i bought for my mother who was also an owner of an rv dealership my father had a different job my husband has a different job this is our So this, this is, is what you and your mother have done. Yes, we so have. So t- tell me how your mother, because your mother bought an RV dealership in 1973 or she went to work for one in 73. And that was probably an unusual thing in those times. For It's unusual now. But in 1973, tell us how your mother got started in the RV industry. Well, I grew up camping. I did not grow up in the camping business, of course, because I was already married in 1973. Um, she bought. She went to work for Mr. Setzer as a bookkeeper. And when his son left the business a few years later, he asked her to run it because he could see what a capable person she was. And a few years later, in 1981, she bought it from him. Um, and how old was your mom when she bought that? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Um I well, you kids, you kids were raised. I was so. married, so yeah. she was. Yeah, yeah, she was yeah. young when she got started too. Okay. Um, so she, yes, we were raised, and um, so in '83, I went to work for her because I needed a little bit extra money. I didn't think I thought I was going to be a stay-at-home mom, even though I did go to college. And I said, "Well, what would I do for you if I worked for you, mother?" And she said, "Whatever I tell you to." <laughs> That's so funny because mothers like to hold them. My mother sent me a birthday card once that said, To my darling princess, happy birthday. When I opened the card, it said, From your mother, the queen. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, she has a pin that says queen mother, I think, that I bought her. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. So I went to work for her part-time, and then I was doing paperwork, and then I became a salesperson, and then I became a sales manager. And And how old were your children? survived very well. They They did. They were very young at the time, 83. My youngest would have been two. Okay. And um, they they did great. They were happy when I left them at the babysitter. They were happy when I picked them up. Yeah. And so I just worked more and more, and I bought it from her then when she was ready to retire. So, but you, you worked it there from, ni- you bought the m- business from your mother in 1996, and you, uh, your mo- you started working there in 83. So there was 13 years there in which you got to learn the business under the tutelage of your mother. Exactly. Tell me what that was like. Well, you know, we didn't always agree. Usually she was right, you know. <laughs> I can say that now. Yes. Um, but uh, but I did go to her with her to meetings and to RV shows, and I had a lot of opportunity to, to, to learn from her. And we had a plan, of so many years plan, and I was going to purchase it at a certain date. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told you that got delayed a little bit, but tell us why it got delayed because it's a happy, it's a story with a happy ending. You were going to buy it in '94. I was going to buy it at the end of '94, the beginning of '95, and in January of '94, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, mm-hmm. and so we just kind of didn't talk about it that year. Okay. At the end of the year, I said, you know, I think we could do this. You went through your treatment. We did. I went. I had radiation and you surgeries got, and chemotherapy and got a clean bill of health. And, and it worked out great. Everything was fine. So and you delayed your dream. We just delayed it for a year. So let's keep talking about your mom for a minute because I'm so intrigued by this idea of a woman in the early 80s, late 1970s, 
owning an RV, because the RV industry is male-dominated. Was your mother well-received? She was. She served on the board at the RVDA. Mm-hmm. She had some friends. There, there are more women than you would think. Um, a lot of them got started when they wanted their own camper, and the family bought two or three and set one in the yard, and the mom ended up selling the other one while the mm-hmm. dad was at work. And so there are more than you would think, but... I can think of a dozen or so. We had another one here on this trip with us. Yeah, Kim, here we are on a girl camping trip in Blackwater Falls, and we have two R- two women who own RV dealerships. Now, I think she has a husband that owns it with her. Yes. And uh, my husband actually is a dentist, and so he doesn't come to work yeah, with so me So this day. is your baby. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was your mom's baby because your dad... My dad she, was a computer programmer in the 1950s, believe it or not. When when computers were like giant warehouses. Exactly, and, People said, what? When my dad told him, my mother told him what he did. And so your mother, God bless her, is still living and retired and down in Hilton Head enjoying life. She is. She's, and they camped for several years after they retired. Now they, now that you live at Hilton Head, it's just kind of like being yeah. on vacation all the time. Right. So, so when you were a kid, let's talk about when you were a kid growing up camping. What Did you enjoy camping as a kid? Oh, gosh, yes. We, I started out, we started out in a, in a station wagon. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to a tent. And then we got a pop-up. How many siblings so did you have? I have a brother and a sister. Okay, so... I'm a middle child. You're middle child. <laughs> I'm a misunderstood middle child. Survivor. <laughs> so you got the three kids and mom and dad in the station wagon. And you tent camped and then went to... Went to a pop-up. And we were we still had the station wagon. We had that station wagon with the thing on the top with the thing flapping all around oh, yeah. like you've seen on the, the luggage holder and we yeah. had to pull over every now and then and tie, tie it, it all back down. down yeah yeah and we were in 35 states we went to three world's fairs we went to canada we went to mexico oh my god we gosh. went all the way to california and went to disneyland when there was no disney world and yeah. uh we just had a great time good family life oh my gosh that must have been so fun and i think that's the thing about the rv world you're purchasing a lifestyle when you buy a travel trailer you're purchasing a lifestyle because being able to take your kids to those places and do those things, it's memory. Look, at you're tearing up. <laughs> the audience can't see you, but you've got a little misty-eyed talk. And I feel that way, too. I always talk about the Prince Edward Island trip there that was my favorite childhood memory. We were just talking about that with some of the girls here. They said, what were your favorite places? And I said two of them. We went to Prince Edward Island more than once, and oh. we loved it. And I had lobster, and they couldn't believe I'd never tasted lobster. Oh, my gosh. And Nags Head. We went to Nags Head several times. And when you were in Prince Edward Island, did you do Anne of Green Gables? You know, I don't remember that. I remember yeah. the, I remember going to the church. They had these church dinners where you got In the, the basement. I yeah. went there. And they had the lobster. Di- yeah. Can I tell you something? 26 years later, I took my kids to Prince Edward Island, and I saw the sign for the church basement lobster dinner, and I took my kids to it. Well, and I kept saying to everybody, I went here 26 years ago with my mom and dad and really having a family of nine and it was probably $5 per kid. And like we paid quite a bit of money a few years ago to take our kids. I think it was like $25 a person or something like that. It was not cheap, but that little Catholic church, St. Anne's on Prince Edward Island has been supporting their parish (laughs) missions by lobster dinners in the basement every Sunday for 40 years. How funny. Oh, gosh, I can't believe you went there, too. That's great. We knew we had things in common. And the Bay of Fundy, too. That was a huge childhood thing for me. Did you stop there on your way to Prince Edward Island? I don't remember. I remember we went to um, Niagara Falls from the Canada side, and I don't know if that was the same trip, but everybody says you have to see it from the Canada side. I think we did. 
we did it too, and I don't remember if it was the same trip, but mm-hmm. the whole idea of RV vacations. Tell me uh, about, you said when you were a little kid, and it, you told me that you thought you would grow up and be a professional Girl Scout. Is that how much camping meant? I, I did, and probably that was a little bit older. I, I was a Girl Scout until I graduated from high school, and um, and I told them at church one day when I was doing a talent show, crazy thing, you know, I was a Girl Scout when it wasn't cool, which <laughs> is still cool, but... Um, I did, I, and my mother was our leader, and oh, I kept gosh. wanting her to quit so I could. And thank goodness she never did, because then I got past that, and I loved Whereas, it. I, this is I so uncool, it. I can't be seen, but yes. now I love it. Yes, yes. So, um, yes, I did think at some point that I, I would like to be a professional Girl Scout. They they have mm-hmm. people that they pay, of course, to travel around, and and uh, mm-hmm. and then I saw a lady camping by herself. Well, I was probably an adolescent. And we were camping somewhere, and this camper pulled in, and lo and behold, it was a lady. She was camping by herself in Unheard the 60s. Of. Unheard of. So we talked to her, and it turned out that she was camping all over the country. She took a summer. Or I don't know what she did. I just re- I just really re- I remember it, it made recently. an impression on you. As a girl camper, all of a sudden, yeah. I thought, oh, I know who started this, but I don't know her name. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I'm going to do that. When I graduate from high school, I'm going to... Travel all over the country and camp. But you didn't do that. I didn't do that, but now You were almost I, a child bride. <laughs> I was. I met someone at 18, and we got married, and we're still married. It'll be 44 years so this year. So that's incredible, because you married at 18, and your husband was 19, and then both of you went to college. We did. And then your husband went to dental school. We did. And then you had your family. And, and we still like each other. It, it seems like you do. You talk about him affectionately. He's a keeper, huh? He's pretty good. I think I think that's a good thing. So, uh, and he heard me say that one time about planning to travel the country, and he said, "Oh, do you regret that?" And I said, "No, because I'm doing it now." And that was just when I was an RV dealer, not before I got into the girl camping movement. Right. So, how did you find out about the girl camping movement? I think I probably saw the trailers on on a TV show when they were showing these crazy ladies that decorate these campers up many years ago. And I looked for it in our area, and they were mostly out west. So then two years ago, or three years ago, three years ago, my daughter got me the book that you can get from Amazon about the, the Sisters, on the, sisters fly. on the Fly. And um, and I started reading it, and I thought, wonder if The Girl Camping Bible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I thought, wonder if they've moved east. And I looked online, and lo and behold, there was a camp out coming up in the Lexington, Kentucky area, which is just two hours from me. Okay. And here's what I did. I called my mother, and I said, Mother, <laughs> we're going camping. I'm going to pay for your plane ticket, and you're coming up here, and we're going camping. Yeah. And she went with me for my first trip. Oh, and, my gosh. And I, I was hooked immediately. She, she, you were sisters on the try. She, I, was, I went ahead and joined. Oh, you did? She was a sister on the on try. On the try. Or a plus one or and something. And how old was she? She was 80 at that time. Oh, my gosh. The most fun I ever had on a Sister on the Fly trip was when my mom came with me for my 50th birthday. And my husband threw me this huge party for 40. And I said, I really don't want a party. Just give me that money. (laughs) Give me the money. Show me the money. You can use it camping. And I said, I called up my mother and I said, Mom, I just want you to fly up here with me. And so we can celebrate our 50 years together. And my dad came and stayed at the farm with my husband and was in charge of keeping the sheep and making sure getting eggs in the morning. And for 10 days, my dad and my husband and my my youngest at the time held down the fort. My mother and I laughed so hard. We had more fun on that trip than we've ever had on any vacation and I'm so glad I spent that time with her 
now. I mean, she's in great shape and health and everything, but it's just such a happy memory. It, it was fun. It's fun to take yeah. her camping. She so, took me camping all those years. She took you, and now you took her. So um, what is your sister on the fly number? 4,600. Okay, so we're, they're at 7,000 now. So you're like an old... I'm an old timer, yeah. You're an old sister now. So here you are. Your kids are raised, and you've survived breast cancer, and you buy a... Um, RV dealership and tell me what a day in the life of Lynn is are you open seven days a week or six we're not or five there was a time when we were open Sundays in the summertime and probably the year I had breast cancer I said I don't think we need to do this mm-hmm and then it worked out it did people still came on Monday they did I counted up how many did we sell on Monday yeah and I figured you know half of those I would sell on Monday anyway the right. ones that came on Sunday. Yeah. Um, occasionally, you got somebody that came on Sunday and said, we don't buy anything on Sunday. Yeah. And I thought, well, what are you doing We're just there? tire kicking. <laughs> We're so, taking up your time. So we stopped doing that. We're open six days a week. And um, I go to work and open the mail and make the bank deposit and pay the bills and mm -hmm. um, check with the salespeople, check with the service people, see what they're What's up? So I, I want the listeners to know what what a behind the scenes look at an RV dealership, uh, like w how many employees do you have? What does it take? What are the jobs that need to be filled at an RV dealership? So can can you walk us through the staff that you need to properly run an RV dealership? Certainly. So you got you. You're the general manager and owner, and you do bookkeeping, you do payroll, you do continuing education. You're really the buck stops here. Exactly. So you not only do all of these roles, but you have to make sure everybody else is doing theirs. Yes, yes. So, so we have great people. Okay, so let's go through the list. So you walk in the door and you need someone to greet you. Yes, you walk in the door and Nikki is there at the door these days. She is a wonderful greeter. She's a, a hospitable person and she also does title work when I need her to. She backs up people. She answers the phone. She if you, if you need a salesperson, she'll find a salesperson. If sometimes she rings up parts because we have a... She puts the grease in the cobs. Yes, yes. <laughs> she's great. She's been a great addition in the last few and years. And how long has she been there? She, this is her second year. Okay, so she was a shoe. She she made the transition. She fit right in. She's been great. She's a big help, yeah. Okay, so you got you, you got Nikki as the receptionist. And then what other kind of roles need to be filled at an RV dealership? Well, the next person you see in my RV dealership is Herb, the parts manager. Herb's been there for well over 30 years. Oh He's my a couple goodness. years younger than me, and he started there when he was 15, I think. Oh, so, my goodness. And went to college and moved into that role, and um, I've said it'll take three people to replace him if he retires. But so he worked for Mr. Setzer. He worked for Mr. Setzer. And then your mom. Right. And now you. Right. And so you don't want to lose him. No, and he's. I think he'll retire in a few years. But so far, we're we're holding on to him. He is so knowledgeable. When you so, what does a parts manager do? Okay, he orders all the parts for the stock. We have a, a nice parts store. We have things that you need, and we have things that you want. And, okay. Um, and they're in different places. So um, he also would be the person that would special order parts that you might need for repairs, for special repairs. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to find out from you some information about your camper, some information about the stove or refrigerator or whatever you're trying to repair, and, and, and ho help you find what you need, help you okay. get the right thing. He's the go-to guy for parts. Right. And you were telling me before, and I can testify to this in my own experience, when you go into an RV dealership for a part, it's not like when you go into AutoZone and you say, I have a 2004 Chevy F-150 and I need 
these wiper blades or this distributor cap. Right, right. In the RV business, it's, it's not quite as sophisticated as the automobile industry. I don't know that it ever will be. We can't type in your VIN number and know all the parts exactly that you're going to need. Exactly what is yeah. needed. So we'll, we'll need to ask you to look at your VIN number, look at your model number. There's a number mm-hmm. on your awning that you're going to need mm-hmm. to know if you need to replace the fabric. And so, uh, and the reason that we're going to ask you this is not to be hard to get along with, but because we want you to have the right part. You don't want it to come and then it be wrong and then it right. has to be sent back. And okay. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Sometimes those parts take longer to come in than we think they should. And it's yes. out of our control. Right. And you can't possibly stock everything that someone might possibly need. Right. There are some things that are very standard. If you need a roof fit, there are several different ones, but we can help you figure out which one you need. There are a lot of things that are standard. Right, and you can keep that in your inventory without thinking, like, right. I'm going to be stuck with this for exactly. five years. Yeah. Pretty likely someone's going to come in for a roof fit. Right. But then there's obscure things. Cooling for, units for refrigerators and those kinds of things. Okay. So that's Herb. He's the parts manager. Who comes next in the pecking order over there? Well, let's go to sales because the next okay. person you pass, if you're looking for a, a, a camper is going to be a salesperson and we have steve who's our sales manager and also sales when when everybody else when is everybody's busy, busy with and, the customer and, he steps yeah. up he's so knowledgeable he's so he, he's he has so much information he, he keeps more information in his head than i do i think mm-hmm. um but um, he's he also will work with the other salesperson um to figure out pricing and to figure out what your trade-in's worth we talked about that and those salespeople are bill and brian and danny Okay, and are they from the RV industry? Did they come to you with RV experience? Half and half. We don't get as many people in our area with RV experience as they do in some higher population area because we don't have as many dealers to... Yeah, Huntington, West Virginia is... It's a, it's a big Rural. city in West Virginia, but it's not yeah. a big city. Right. So so usually two of them are, have had experience other places and two of them have not. So you're really making an investment in an employee when you take them on and you train them. We look for good people and we look for smart people. Mm-hmm. You, if, if you get smart, you can do a lot of things. Smart and nice. We look for nice people. Um, and so we can we can probably teach them the rest. Okay, so that's your sales crew. And so Steve is your manager. He's your sales manager. What else does he do besides manage the other salesperson? Is that his only job? or He works with um, the, the manufacturers to order. He's, he's the inventory person. Okay. Um, we work together to decide what products we're going to carry and what products we're going to weed out and that kind of thing. He also is a great person Occasionally, we have a customer that's not happy. Oh, not too often. <laughs> not too often. But he's a really good listener. He's a really good He's going to hear your story and try to, to work it out. To, to make the right decision. So when you're talking about Steve in terms of inventory, so would it be fair to say that um, Steve is in charge of keeping the showroom floor stocked? And so you and he decide together what you're going to carry. Right. And then... How does that work, Lynn? Do you, like, take a look at every six months at, like, what's trending, what isn't, what's selling, what's new? How do you decide what you're purchasing? Well, first of all, we didn't talk about this. We don't have a showroom floor. We live in a house. Okay. Our dealership is in a great big brick house. It's not quite a mansion, but it's a really big house that's on some old property. And so we don't have room for a showroom, unfortunately. But we do have a really big sales lot. You have the big lot. He does decide that. We we have um, 
a few categories. We have units that we order in bulk. We, we have first-time buyer units that we have determined are probably going to be what most first-time buyers are going to want. We negotiate really good deals on those by purchasing quite a few of them at a time. So you buy in bulk and we get a better price. And then we also take a little bit less profit from those units so that we can get people started and get them hooked. So you call them your first-time buyer units? Correct. We call them first-time So buyers. you buy those in a larger quantity so you can sell them lower. Mm-hmm. So that that's really, they're targeted for the person who's walking in and they, they don't own a tow vehicle, or maybe they do, but they've never been camping, and mm-hmm. it's a starter unit. That's right. That's right. And our salespeople can talk to you and find out what kind of family things are do you, you doing. Do you need a bunkhouse? two of you? What are you towing with? And they can direct you and help you find one of those units. Or if you want something that's a little nicer, a little bigger, a little more up upscaled, um, those units, some of those, we keep a couple of them in stock. We try mm-hmm. not to run out of them. And then we have some units that we just, when we sell it, we order another one. But the salespeople are really good at helping you find what you're looking for. And hopefully we're going to have that when you Neither. Right, and it's Steve's job to keep the uh, proper amount of trailers on the lot. Right, which is not an easy job. It doesn't sound like it would be. So, because somebody might buy one, and Steve could order one, but you may have to wait several weeks to get right. it from the manufacturer. It doesn't mean that you can have everything you want on the lot at any given moment. Right, and it's also his job to say, "This one's been sitting here too long. We kind of need to reduce the price and let's let's move it out." So and we can maybe not bring order something else in. Maybe not order that one again. Right. Right. Okay, so Steve's job is much bigger than he. Does, it sounds to me like he's your right hand man. He really is. He's a good. He's a good guy to have around. Okay, so we've got um, our service manager. Oh, Steve is the sales manager, and so now we go on. Who does your service? You have a service manager. Oh, no, let me say one more thing. Real okay, quick. Bill is one of our salespeople, and he takes care of our website. He's very oh, okay. internet savvy, and he's also a photographer. And so he keeps our inventory really well stocked. <laughs> no, represented. represented. That's the word I'm looking for okay. on the internet. And he keeps them, as soon as they come in, he's out there taking pictures. As soon as we sell them, he's taking them down. And so that's a really important job that he does a really That really, really is, and at. that's a job that didn't exist in the industry 20 years. <laughs> exactly. So when your mom took it over, you, right. know, you didn't have to keep a website up. And, and yeah. keeping a website current is important. I can remember thinking, we really need to get one of those websites. <laughs> What's that thing called the World <laughs> yeah. Wide Web? WW what? Yeah, exactly. yeah, I know. And now, so, now no yeah. one would have a business without it, right? Yeah, we hadn't talked about that, and all of a sudden I thought Oh, yeah, that's... So service, um, once you buy a camper from us, or if you have a camper from somebody else, we do often need service. They're man-made, and things are going to happen to them. And, and wear and tear to, from use. Right, right. So that we have two gentlemen that do the administrative part, and that's Matt, who is our service manager, and Ashley, who is our service writer. And Ashley will probably take the information from you about what you need done, what's wrong, what your problems are, and um, kind of decide who's going to do that job. And Matt's going to make sure that it gets done and make sure that it we have what we need to do it. And those two fellows are my sons-in-law. <laughs> so this is a really a multi-generational family business. This is the third generation working at Setzer's. It, it is. It definitely is. So uh, Matt is married to your daughter? Matt is married to Amy, who is our finance manager. Oh, my goodness. So <laughs> I can't even imagine what happens when you guys have to, you know, go to North Carolina for a wedding. <laughs> <Exactly>. What happens? <laughs> well, when we ha- Do you shut down? 
when when <laughs> Ashley and Julie, who doesn't work there, got married, we we did have to shut down a little bit early. When we all went to uh, Hilton Head for Thanksgiving. We were closed for a week. You just had to close. And, this, and yeah. the rest of the staff was not unhappy about that at all. Yeah, the whole team is related to me, and so we're going, yes. yeah. Yes. Oh, so that's fun. So your two sons-in-law works there, and your daughter Amy works there. That's right. And Amy's been there. You asked me how long Matt and, and Ashley have been there, and I, I'm not too sure, but Amy's been there since she was an adolescent, and she would go to shows and crank up pop. She, she grew up in it. <laughs> she did. She did. So when you when you did RV shows when Amy was little, she would go with you, and her job was to crank up the pop-ups? She and her sister would do the demonstrations to show people how easy it was to crank up those pop-ups. <laughs> it's so easy an eight-year-old could do it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so you've got your two sons-in-law working there, and then... Um, this always fascinates me. You see them being moved around on the lot. Who is in charge of taking care of um, the the lot, maintaining the lot? Is that a certain person? It is a certain person, um, and it takes the right person who who's okay with going out there and washing trailers all day long so, and doesn't have to go see what everybody else is doing. And we have okay. Jimmy, and he does a great job. And we tell him when we hire him, okay, you're going to start here, and you're going to wash everything all the way around the lot. And when you're done, this one will probably be dirty again. And how many trailers are in the lot at any given time? About 100. And we have a few motorhomes. Okay, so Jimmy's job is to wash trailers every day, all day. Right. Right, unless now he's also an extra set of hands for the for the technicians if they need something. They need to call, or, yeah, yeah. If someone needs to call, and I'll steady this ladder while I put on the roof right. vent. Mm-hmm. Call Jimmy. Mm-hmm. So wh- this is may seem like a silly question, but why do the trailers have to be washed out of the lot? They just get dirty. They from- just get dirty, and you want them to look really good, you know. When they mm-hmm. they need to be washed when they come in, but if they sit there for a little while, they're going to get dirty again. Plus. New ones come in, you know. Okay. The slots. I know that a lot of people wash them when they get them from the manufacturer because they get dirty in the transport. Yeah, and then we also wash them the day they're going out or the day before they're before someone someone picks them up, buys them. Yeah, put the spit and shine. Right. Before they just get dusty and they just look better if you keep them washed. Okay, so I wouldn't even thought of that. So you got Jimmy is a lot attendant. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, and who else? Who else do you need? Well, Velma. Velma is the one that cleans the inside of the camper. So that the new ones need to be set up and and the sawdust swept out of them. They unfortunately have some sawdust. Everybody tells me that. I bought a brand new trailer and the bottom of the cabinets were filled with sawdust. Well, as they're trans transporting them, they're going to shake out a little bit. Okay, so, so then when they're gonna... drilling the holes for the pipes and everything, uh-huh. the sawdust settles there, and yeah. they don't clean that out at the factory. Well, they're sometimes in, they're moving them on to the next person on the line. So. Okay, so Velma gets in so there. So Velma and does cleans. It. She cleans the used ones. Of course, are going to need more, mm-hmm. um, but she cleans them up and wipes them out, and she usually waits till everybody's done and some people call Velma mom because she also cooks our lunch a lot of times and, and she takes care of us and she prays for us and she's just Aww. she's just mom everybody needs a Velma at their yes, job exactly how long has Velma been there Velma's been there for more than 20 years too there's we got quite a few people that have been there for it's a we, family we always have a party for them when they've been there for 20 years and then okay Oh my gosh! So it's like a real family environment there. Yes, yes. Which might be fueled by the fact that you, your office is a house. Our office is a house, and and we we were moms. <laughs> yeah, you were moms. So cookies on Friday makes yeah, perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, no right? breakfast on Friday. Okay. Okay. Is there anybody else you need? Well, we have five technicians. Um, the first is AJ, and AJ has been there since Setzer's began. He worked for Mister Setzer, and when we moved to our current location. We had service in one location and sales in another, and AJ said, 
I think we should have breakfast on Fridays. Can I cook breakfast in the house? Oh, my gosh. So yeah. he makes the best French toast you've ever eaten. Oh. Um, some days he makes pancakes. But every Friday morning we have Yeah, we have as a team, everybody has a yes. breakfast there. Yes. And A.J. cooks. And, and he's AJ been there cooks. since 1969. He's been, and he built houses for Mr. Setzer before that, actually. So. Oh, I- can we ask how old and, he is? And he's, he's, I think he's about 75. I have to look up on his driver's license every night. But I think this is the year he turned 75. And he just All says, that well, wisdom. He says, I'll just bring the hearse here and pick me up when it's time. <laughs> God, I hope not soon. Who will me, me too. Me yeah. too. Oh, he sounds like a wonderful addition to your team. So is so, he your head technician? He is our shop foreman, our head technician. Um, we also have Tim, who's been there for more than four, 20 years. And oh. he is a repair technician primarily. We have Clyde, who's been there for more than 20 years, and he is a pre-delivery inspection guy, and he can park one anywhere you need it to go. So if there's there's a tight jam and somebody needs to get a trailer out, Clyde's the guy you call? That's right. He he might, if occasionally we deliver one to a site, and Uh he's the one that we have do that. Okay. So, and then we... Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, I cut you off. I'm sorry. And then we have Dudley and Bub, and they are primarily PDI guys. So tell what P- that's what I was going to ask. So tell what PDI is. Well, when you buy a camper from us and from most dealers, mm-hmm. we're going to inspect it. And for us, it takes about three and a half hours. We uh, go through. Mm. We turn on all the appliances. We run water in the in the lines. We fill the holding tanks. Make sure that nothing's okay leaking. There, you do that. In your dealership before the person comes? We do that after you've decided to buy one. Right, before you come to actually pick it up. Right. We put propane in the tanks. We put a new battery on the front. We check all that out. Light the stove? Yeah, and we light the stove. We light the heater. If it's 90 degrees, it's hard to let it run very long. Right. We turn on the air conditioner. And... um, uh, and then that same person, hopefully, if they're if they're the same, if they're there that day that you pick it up, they're going to show you how to work everything and how, okay. to, how to do everything. Okay. So the PDI um, pre delivery inspection. Correct. So they do that, and then when the, they come to pick it up, that's the same person who does the walkthrough with you. That's it's going to show right. you how to drain your gray tank into your black tank right. and where everything goes right. and where the fuse box is. And I can't wait for my well pre PDI. <laughs> and, and and then I always tell them if I get to talk to them, uh, you're going to forget a lot of that. Yeah. And talk to the guy on the next campsite. He'll help you because they, they know and they want to help you. Everybody always says that too. And I think it's so indicative of the kindness of people who camp. There's always someone there who said, hey, I can help you with that. Oh, I had this problem once. This is how it gets fixed. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so cool. So you got technicians and we talked about Amy, the finance manager. Is well, there we didn't talk yet? very much about Amy. Amy, the so, finance manager, she will um, take your credit application it depends. She she has to deal with and most every people customer finance that comes in the door. It, right? Most people do, and some, this salesperson might take the credit application, but she's going to look mm-hmm. at it and see what's the best fit. Yeah. We have quite a few different banks, and uh, what's the best fit for this trailer and this person, and send it to the banks and get you the best financing she can get. She can then get she's going to tell you what your payment's going to be, and when you okay. come in, she's going to do your paperwork with you and help you out with that. And it really is a lot of paperwork, right? It re- it is because she you know she. Although Nikki does the title work, she has you sign all the forms. She makes sure you've got insurance, especially if you're financed. She can help you find insurance if you need it. Um, and she talks to you about a service and the, contractor, and, all that. And insurance would be required when you're financing it. Correct. Insurance isn't required on a towable. 
um, by law, but it, of mm-hmm. course the bank wants their, their collateral to be insured. A- absolutely. And we talked about insurance today. You and uh, us, the camper, the girl campers. The girl campers. The fact that if, you, if you're connected to your camper, the liability is going to be covered by your vehicle. When you're towing. When you're towing. But if something happens, you need insurance for it. You need insurance for it. Yeah. And so, and we talk about that with Progressive, all the different kinds of insurances you can buy. And we're going to be doing a show coming up about agreed value insurance for people with vintage trailers. And I was telling that um, one of the sisters, she thought her trailer was insured and it was when she was towing it by her vehicle insurance. But her neighbor's tree blew down in a, a very bad a windstorm and cut her trailer in half in the driveway, and it wasn't covered. So you do need to find out what kind of insurance you have to have on your trailer. Right. You, even it, if it's paid for. Like, my little one is paid for, but if something like that happened to it, I wouldn't get five cents back for it. So right. that's right. why I really want to look into this agreed value insurance for my vintage mm-hmm. camper. Because right now I just have... I don't know, they'd give me a couple thousand dollars for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what a day in the life, that's all the people that you need. But that doesn't even begin to cover the kind of jobs that you have to do there. Like we touched on the kind of interfacing with Facebook and, and you do your own television commercials. I do, I do. And I have a tagline. I love your tagline. Say it. Say it like the, you do on the commercial, Lynn. Do it now because the price is going to go up and the kids are going to grow up. <laughs> I love that line. I just love that well, it's true. line. People years ago used to say to me, oh, when I retire, I'd like to have a motorhome and travel the country. And I just always wanted to say, buy what you can afford now. It's worth it. Buy what you can afford now because right. you'll be glad you did. And here we are at this event. And one of the women said she was very disappointed because she was retired and the bank was reluctant to give her retired couple this big loan on a Class A motorhome. And I said, you don't need a Class A motorhome to mm-hmm. go. Exactly. Get yourself something smaller and just get on the road and go. And yep. I think a lot of people spend a lot of money on something before mm-hmm. they really know whether they're going to like this thing. Mm-hmm. So, Lynn, I'm pretty excited to tell everybody that you and I are going to partner and we're going to do a camper college. That's right. I, now, I'm still learning about a camper college, mm-hmm. but I definitely want people to know that Setzer's is going to be a great place to come for, for girl campers. We are Dudley and Clyde and Bud yeah. and those guys are really good at educating you. Right. Um, and and we're going to get you to give us some really good information. And but what I really love about our dealerships who get on board with us is knowing that it's not about an immediate sale, it's about long-term partnerships and having a dealership that you know if I buy this and I don't know how to work it even though he took me through a walkthrough, I can bring it back in on a Saturday and someone's going to show me what to do again. That's right. That's right. I, we're not we're not to the point that I have to say that I don't have time to talk to you. Right. And Hopefully the whole point there. of Camper College is to show women how this thing goes on the hitch. What's this pin for? What's this safety for? How do these chains work? Everyone's afraid it's going to fall off. And when you walk through every stage, just like you would do on a PDI or a walk through when you're purchasing a trailer, when women can say, oh, here's the plug. This goes in at the camper. These things get lowered. Now it's stable. Should I take it off before I drop the stabilizing jacks? Just having this information. So we're going to do that. I'm going to put it on the meetup, but it's going to be on July 15th at 6 p.m. at Setzer's in Huntington, West Virginia. We're going to, but we're going to turn it into a camp like a girl weekend. I think we will. We're going to be camping at the KOA that's out there. I'm going to. In Milton. In Milton. 
and you got a good flea market by you. And so this is going to, we're going to go Friday night, Saturday, and Friday night we'll go to Camper College. And then Friday night we'll be camping at the KOA. And then Saturday you said there's a great flea market there? There is. We have a great antique district in the west end of town. We have a wonderful Milton flea market that will be in full swing in July. Mm, it's going to be uh, fun. There'll be lots of things to do that we could, in West Virginia. So Camper College, West Virginia, July 15th, 6 p.m., all the details who are coming soon on the meetup but just for right now just put it on your calendar do it i put it on my calendar and are you going to camp with us oh sure I'm <laughs> sure we didn't talk about it. we do have the retro riverside retro and we have our pods great girl campers. you've got good girl camper models those are good trailers and we're going to be out there and we're, and so when the girls come for camper college they're going to be touring everything yes yes we can and and i just i'm just real excited i hope we get lots of ladies to come out and well, see what I it's hope all about so. and it's a funny thing because i usually do camper college in the winter when people are just sitting around like oh I really need something to do but you know what I did one last summer and I thought a Friday night in July it was actually July 11th I remember the date and we had 25 people come out on a Friday night in July well I hope so there's no football games going on you know that <laughs> but most people are camping so well, but, some of them are but some of them are just thinking about camping but we're going to turn it into a camping trip so there's yes. going to be no excuse to not come Right. And with the KOA, there's generally cabins there. Yes. So if you're a girl camper and you've always wanted to become, uh, go on a camping trip, rent a cabin at KOA, come to Camper College, and then camp like a girl all weekend with us. And who doesn't like girl camping? But because we had so much fun here this weekend. We have. And, and like I said, it's been amazing to me. These are, these are fun women. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how much we have in common and yeah. how much fun we have together when we never even talked before. No, no. And everybody feels, and I talk about this all the time, the importance of the online community. Everybody felt like they already knew each other. Right. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I'm so happy to see you again. I'm going to see you in a few weeks. It's going to be so much fun. And I'm going to get my new trailer. I'll probably be calling you night and day. <laughs> I was going to tell you, enjoy your new trailer. I'm going. I'm going on Wednesday to get it, and we'll get that thing home, and I'll well, start turning it into my my new lake house. Good. Thank great. you so much for okay. being on today, Lynn. Thank you. It's I been loved great it. seeing Appreciate you and talking about it, and I can't wait to do the Camper College. Great. Okay. You take care. Thanks. Butler for coming on the show today and for sharing with us everything it takes to keep an RV dealership afloat. I just had no idea that that many people were involved in an RV dealership. I'm so looking forward to our camper college at Setzer's Camping World in Huntington and we will be posting details on that as soon as we get everything straightened out. I'd like to thank my producer Stephanie for putting the show together for me and for her wonderful new book and acknowledgement in that book. And that goes out to Jeremy too, of course. You can hear Jeremy and Stephanie every Friday on the RV Family Travel Atlas podcast. And again on Wednesdays on Campground of the Week, where they will profile a region of the country and a campground, what you can do there, where you can camp there. I would also like to thank my sponsor, Progressive Insurance, for hosting our show. I'll be back next week. Have a happy week, everyone.